Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall. Welcome back, everybody. We got a new, fresh show to you. It's in the oven right now. We're working on it. Me and Brian, he's here. He's going to be my host. Uh, he's somebody that I found online like everyone else. And I feel very blessed to meet these people. I feel blessed with all the people I met. Um, today, I was having a great day. We actually had to push back this meeting a little bit because I was with my neighbors. We're, uh, my neighbor is having a little birthday party for his daughter. And I want to talk about that a little bit because when I was younger, I had really mean neighbor. Me and my brother would play soccer and we would kick the ball over to the neighbor's yard and we would be scared to go over because we had a really mean old man. And uh, one time my brother went over there to get the ball and the man grabbed my little brother and he kicked him and he said, get out of my yard. And it like it traumatized me. I wonder what it did to my brother. But I remember that. And I was I just kept thinking and hoping that when I get older that I have good neighbors. All I wanted was to have neighbors that I was cool with. And I love my neighbors, all of my neighbors, in the front, beside me, next to me. I don't have neighbors to the front or behind me, but all of them are great. I love all of them. I can depend on them. We talk all the time. Uh, whenever the COVID thing was happening, we were all helping each other out. But it's very important, I think, that we have people around us who we can talk and have a common ground with. Because I know so many people who don't even know their neighbors. And to me, that's sad because these are the people that are around you for most of your life for a while at least and I think it's very important that you have at least some type of relationship with these people and yeah like I said I was with them basically all day since two today we we're just having a party my daughter is best friends with their daughter and so we had to push it back but here we are I want to talk to this guy that I met on Instagram and I was I don't know how we met but we started liking each other's posts once again like everybody else and I could just tell there was something about this dude that I needed to talk to him about. So here we have Brian. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you, Juan. Uh, Truth in Media, I appreciate you having me on, brother. Um, it's a pleasure and it's my honor to be here with you uh, to just talk about and, and expose to your audience and just and just have some open venues for, for conversation uh, and open-mindedness. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, um, I'm sorry. Bro. No, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. No, no. Um, um, like you said, we met on Instagram. Um, I got to be completely honest with you. So with my story about how I started truthing on the account that you met me on. Um, so originally I just had a personal, a personal platform. This is my, my Instagram that I posted my, my pics with, you know, what I did daily, all that personal stuff. I had my friends, I had my family on there. And so, and so I probably woke up, I would say I woke up in 2012. That's when I woke up to all this nonsense that we have going on here, you know, um, that you can pretty much see is obvious, you know, it's pretty obvious. You just have eyes to look, you know what I mean? What but woke you up, Brian? Sorry. was when I woke up. What was it specifically and, that woke you up, Brian? Man, you know, it, it had always been 9-11. It had always been 9-11. Um, my father was a police officer, uh, for all my youth, and now he still works in, in government. And so, the nine, the nine one one thing, it had always struck me as completely odd. I could not. It, I was in fourth grade when this happened, and it just struck me, and it stuck with me from that day. Just, and I, I never, it never it occurred to me to go back to investigate it until I got into college, and probably my sophomore year in college. And then I investigated it, and I was like, wow, this really doesn't make sense. Um, something's up here, and uh, I just knew it, and it confirmed what I had thought prior to, but I had never really acted on, on those thoughts growing up as a youth. I just knew that something was amiss, and, and, and I didn't know if other people around me felt like that, 
and, and, and now seeing, you know, doing what I do now as a parent to me, they didn't. Um, but um, so that, that's what woke me up, man. 9-11, dude, 9-11, you start looking into that and you start asking, you start seeing, man, if they're doing this, what else are they doing? You start looking back at things like Pearl Harbor and, and other events, man, and, and you start looking about these contrived events, the world wars and like who's behind it. And, and, and it's kind of what I'm going to talk about here a little bit, like the founding of America and how we see like the Freemasons, um, May 5th, 1776 being the like the uh, establishment of the Illuminati in America and how we have our uh, January, uh, uh, July, um, July 4th Independence Day just right after that. And, and so um, for the masses, right? right. Um, so um, so that's kind of what I, what I wanted to get into. And um, man, yeah, so brother. 9-11 was really key. Yes, definitely. Uh, 9-11 is such a huge one that I, I, I thought about doing a podcast about it, but it's just so big that I don't think I could cover everything. There's so many things you could look into. Building 7, the money in the vaults that went missing in the Pentagon. So many things, so many angles that you could come at that you're just like, wow, how deep does the fucking rabbit go? And like you were saying, history, all of it, Pearl Harbor, all of it is written in a way, like like it said, history is written by the victors. They're going to tell you exactly. the story that they want you to hear. They're not going to tell you all of it. They're going to hide and, and occult certain things that makes them look bad. Exactly. And, and that's what's happening right now, too. And it's crazy because it's happening in real time. You can see the lies that they're doing. And then you can see the lies that they propagate to cover their ass. It's it's funny. It's hilarious. But it's it's strange at the same time. Uh, it's it's It's... Man, it makes you really question yourself because you're seeing it and you're like, I know what I see. And then it's like you do the research, you put in the hours, and then you're like, hey, guys, look at this shit that they're doing. And people are like, what's, what's the matter with you? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, that reminds but, me of a meme. I don't know if you posted it, but there's a meme of some cows and there's a guy with a sign and he says they're going to slaughter us. And then there's a cow next to him and he's like, oh, Bill, you're so crazy. And then there's like a, a path leading the cows to the slaughterhouse. And it's like some people know and can see and are trying to warn others. And then some others through a brainwashing and propaganda make us just look insane. Exactly. exactly. And I, I have posted that. I know exactly what meme you're talking about, man. And every day I'm like, man, this meme's going to get them. This meme's going to make right. them change their mind. This meme's going to make them see. And, you know, it's just like I could post... We could post, you know, enormous amounts of evidence, and people are like, "Right, well, that's what me and my, that's what me and my, my buddy were talking about. That you could show them proof, you can show them videos, you can show them clips. But now with technology, I think it's gotten so advanced that you could make any video. You can make a video right now of putting like destroying. I think there was just a video. Somebody posted a video of what it would look like if Paris got destroyed, and it looks legit. It looks like yeah. Paris is it's getting crazy, right? It's and I've seen a bunch of videos like that too, and I want to do posts about how they do these CGI, just MK Ultra, like like with the president and other things. Like you can just tell certain things are staged, and mm -hmm. and I don't know. I've seen stuff with Biden that makes me question: Is he even there? Are right. they at the White House? Mm -hmm. Are they? Where are these people? I think it's but, already um, been proven that they're recording at a studio. They've already showed that they're not recording at the White House. They're recording at a studio. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so let's get into it, brother, because I have a couple notes that I took, and there's a couple of things that you were talking about that I was like, yes, brother, let's get into it. A couple of them, you, okay, well, first, let's talk about, okay, so you said you woke up in 2012 because of 9-11, okay, and then, so I want to start from the beginning, because on your bio page, on your Instagram, first, plug it, share it so people can find you if you want. 
that's um a, a at obey obey no sleep so that's o b e y no sleep yeah go o, go follow him no guys sleep. he has some really and, cool shit and on your bio page i see that you have like um that your statement is to wake people up what what does that mean to you what does that statement mean to you to wake people up i mean i think it just means to actualize your reality because i think people walk around and it's like you know we only we can interpret what we see right and so you kind of have to show people hey there are these other people in your reality too that are, are doing these things and whether they're they're real or not or it's all a dream if i can come up to you and say do you see this and is this actual to you well it, it's happening for more than one person you know is if it is it just a dream or is it are we all in this together right and there's it goes back to like all these religions talking about certain, you know, well, not all these religions, but like, like Gnostic scriptures talking about how this is just a dream reality. Right. But, um, and right, it's so not it just means like waking up to actualizing information like that is here that you can grasp. Right. To be in the real world, not full of lies and propaganda. Exactly. I get it, brother. I, that's the whole idea. And, and also it's been derailed, that whole moment of waking up with that song, Stay Woke. Uh, I love that song, but I feel like that song shifted the, the, the vibe of the whole waking up movement. Now it's more of a woke, a BLM, a LGBT kind of movement. They shifted it to a, a, an awakening of, of seeing the reality of what it really is into this other kind of um, left-wing type of um, trying to get uh, brownie points from the public type of thing. And it's just wild how they how they sh always be shifting the narrative, and they're always chasing. It's like World War Three is really the elite versus the the humanity, and it's always like moves against move. It's not bombing. Well, right now because of the Ukraine war, it is, but it's all usually propaganda through movies, through songs, different ways to attack each other, and it's just wild to see how. This war is not like back in the day. Back in the day when people fought in wars, they stood in the lines and they ran at each other with swords. Right. And then war has now evolved where it's television, it's songs, it's it's by attacking the mind. It's fucking The wild. battlefield is your mind, exactly. Right. It's your mind. And the prize is your soul. Right. And, and um, I had something I wanted to say there about uh, goodness. Um, all right. Well, I got to say this before we start here because I cannot. Whatever I had in my my head escaped me. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, I have to say this. So, for my personal, uh, I was following your account for a while, and then I moved over to the Obey No Sleep account. Which man, I just needed this account to clear my feet because I wanted to. I wanted to clear timelines. Man, everything was so cluttered on my personal because mm -hmm. I started following so many accounts for the in the truth movement. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, what I was going to say was that the, the truth movement is controlled opposition. Yeah. And it has been for quite some time. But that's why it's definitely a war for your mind. A war for your mind. But um, with my account, um, I moved a, a bunch of people that I followed on my personal over to my Obey No Sleep where I, I post the same content. I'm posting the same content on my personal as that I post on, you know, the one that you follow me on. So everyone sees what I'm posting. But I followed you, man, and I was just like, I really liked your brand. You had your own thing going, and so I, I, I went from my personal following you there to move and moved you over to my to this account. So that's how I, I found you on my personal. So I was following you for quite some time before I started the account that you found me on now, and I was already truthing on my personal. 
So when did you start it this? It is, like you said uh, before we talked, I felt like it's destiny that we were supposed to do this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When did you start actually like posting stuff and going out of your way to like speak up about it? I, right. Um, well, <clears throat> I'd always thought about it, man. But when this Rona thing came around, dude, I, I knew it was now or never, man. Like, exactly. I, I gave it a month or two to see if it was like legit and if it was going to back down. And it, it didn't, and I was like, man, they're going to get so many people with this. It's right. going to happen. Yeah. Like, and I just knew that with the knowledge that I possessed, it was my responsibility. Right. I, I, I hid from it for so long. You know, I felt like I ran from – if we were if we talked personally, I would talk to you about it, but I didn't post about it online. True. And so I feel the I same way, like, man. This is it. Yeah, I feel this, the same way. So many people are like that, too. I, I've known about this since I was – maybe 17 years old it, before I've always had this idea that we're being lied to it's, it all started with Santa Claus and then the Easter Bunny but I've always had in that in the back of my mind like don't trust people because I mean you can just see in history people lie to each other families lie to each other and it's all about trust yourself and figure out the truth for yourself you know don't just take the things that they give you at face value and accept them investigate them you know it even goes with the whole flat earth theory i don't know you know for the longest i thought that was the stupidest dumbest idea and i would just laugh it off but once you really look into it you don't know everything that you've been fed in your life is through movies and through television it's all propaganda but you exactly people you yourselves have not gone out to space and to see what you're really on and it's all a bit psyops anyways it doesn't matter what it is if it's a cube if it's a circle or what it is what matters is what the ideas that they plant in your head are for a reason and and you don't see it because you're inside of it but once you start paying attention and start connecting all the dots you start uh, making the map and realizing that all of this is systematic and for a reason. What do you think that reason is, Brian? Man, you know, there's a couple of things that you can say. Like, these people, if you can even call them that, and they're so evil. They, they seem, they, they at, at face value, these people, when we see what they do, they're just evil. Like, what human does that to, does these things to another human? Are they even human? Like, that's what you have to ask yourself, whether that's symbolically or literally. Like, what human decides they're going to wake up and, man, let's go torture some kids. Let's go traffic some humans. Let's go drain their blood. Let's go, you know, drink their blood. And we're going to sell their, 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 their traffic's dead bodies to the meat factories over there to McDonald's. And that's just me being real. And I know like a lot of people don't want to talk about that type of stuff. And I get it. I get it. But it needs to be talked about. And it needs to be spoken about. And, and, and I'm willing to take whatever kind of judgment people want to put on me about that. And it doesn't matter. Whatever people think about me, it doesn't matter, man. Because there's, there's innocence out there that needs a voice. And it's just, it, it bothers me that so many people are just willing to attack these ideas and not even thoroughly think them through or examine them. Right. So it's just like these people are so evil. Something, I, and I know, like you know, what can we do? And like, if you look in the scripture, it's all up to to our Creator, our God, and He's already won the battle, right? So yeah. all we can do is pray. So let me ask you about that. What is your? What, were you always spiritual, or was there a moment that you became a spiritual person? Um, I grew up Catholic, man. So I just saw the way people acted in Catholicism. I looked at the way what they were teaching. And I know that some of my most profound learning moments really only came from vac vacation Bible school because I didn't seem like I was actually learning anything other than 
when I learned about these old stories from the Old Testament, like it really didn't seem like I was learning much of anything. And now I look back with the information that I have learned, being that I've read through the scripture, not all of it, but a good majority of it, um, a number of, you know, a number of different times for different books. And it's just like these people that I went, even though they might have been the most earnest of people and most honest and they really meant well, they really didn't probably know what they were teaching. And that's been the fault of the people who passed down the teachings to them mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, so forth. And, you know, like I said, I grew up Catholic. And so everything about that, it just felt off to me. It just felt robotic. It, I didn't feel like, like it, it just felt like everyone was doing the same thing at the same time. And then when we left church, everyone back to living their old lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't feel right. So that was another thing that was like, what's going on here? So I wasn't very super spiritual growing up in my youth because just because of that. And I wanted, I know I wanted to be, but it just wasn't on the forefront of my, of my, uh, you know, of my arena, like going to church, seeing everyone and being in the Catholicism, it seemed more of a chore. And I know that sounds awful, but you know, now, now I understand it a lot more. I understand it a lot more. I, un- I understand that they were only selecting certain amounts of scriptures to nitpick here and there. Right. And, um, and, uh, I really became more spiritual when I started reading the scriptures and having that real relationship and understanding what this reality was from that perspective and, and reading the stories and understanding that these nations here were, you know, all the nations that are in the scripture are nations we can see here in, you know, history and, and see today still. Uh, and, and it just things, it just seems, um, if you follow the history, like certain things, like with, even with like the alphabet that we use, like the Greek and Hebrew letters, Aramaic letters, the Latin, it all lines up. So you have to figure these people are lying about um, the scripture that they've allowed to put out. They've lied about it through uh, things like the, um, what is it, Constantine, uh, the Council of Nicaea, and I think 325, where they gathered together. And they had to have taken out so many amounts of scriptures and mixed this in here. And, and you know, um, the Vatican removing, uh, you know, scriptures, changing the times and laws and, and the persecution of, of the saints throughout that time, you know. Um, you right. couldn't have the scripture. You couldn't even speak it. You couldn't write it. You couldn't do anything. If you were found with it, congregating with it, it was over for you. You know, you were, you were, well, I mean, the, the true scripture, not like the, the Canaanite Vatican approved right. um, what they were teaching. Yeah, that's so. what I, I love to tell people. Like, if you just want pr- more proof of, of a real God, like, notice that, that there was a Bible, but it was created by a council of people. Men decided which books to put in there. And, and when you really realize that there's books that belong in the Bible that are not in them. And if you go and seek these books out, it's going to leave your mouth wide open because you're going to see the truth. And it makes everything, like the puzzle becomes way clearer once you, especially the book of Enoch. Do you know the book of Enoch? Uh, yes, I do know it. I haven't read it, but I have been through it. I mean, I've skimmed through it. I haven't read it thoroughly. Yeah, see, to but me, I've, I've heard it over and over in videos and such. To me, the Book of Enoch is like the biggest red flag. I mean, if you read it, it's it's the story of basically it ties everything together. It ties in giants, aliens, uh, the fallen ones, um, these people who are controlling the world. What happened exactly. was that when Satan or Lucifer fell or opposed God, he came down to earth. He was sent to earth, and a third of the angels in heaven followed him. So they came with him. So he had like an army 
of, of these evil people. And <clears throat> if you follow the story, what the story says is that these people were angry at God and they wanted to destroy men. So they did it through various methods. They taught men how to defile themselves and how to defile God. They started teaching men how to, how to do occult magic, how to start taking plants and, and communicate with these other entities. They taught them how to make weaponry. They taught, them, they taught the women how to make, put makeup on and like deceive men. All these weird things, you look into it and it's right there. And it's like it ties everything perfectly together that all of this is spiritual warfare. The people who are, I, I would wonder, like when I was younger and I was researching all of this stuff, I would wonder, what is it? Why, why do these people do this? And it's all because of spiritual warfare. It's all to gain your, your soul, basically. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, I've, I've heard, you know, the, the Enoch story numerous times. And it really does, it shed, shed, sheds a ton of light on the whole thing. It's like, man, we really have been utterly deceived by these, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, demons, you know, these fallen angel entities. Right, right, right. You know, I guess, you know, the demon in Greek means God, but I mean, that's what these humans looked at them as, as, as gods that gave them these technologies that before we had no idea and we would not have known about. So, and that makes me, when you said that right there, it makes me think of like the comic book Marvel series. Like they have these, these people with powers who could really do shit. And, and they were very rare, but these people were mutants or whatever. And this, they're kind of retelling the story and mocking it in a way. And I think they do this to prime people's minds, to have them see life through a certain lens. For, so when things really come out and happen, the mind already has a, an idea of what to think about. So it's like all this propaganda has humanity following it. They're like putting down little breadcrumbs, little movies, little song, little music videos of things that they want you to think about for certain reasons. Yeah, that, that's so accurate, man, especially with the Marvel and the superheroes and all that, man. They're putting these realities out there that maybe um, don't exist now, but it perhaps one time could have been a possibility as far as, man, these fallen angel entities warring with the other angels of God. Mm -hmm. So they put that out there to make it look like complete fantasy, and it just uh, it's utter nonsense, and it could only exist in a comic universe. Right, So, because so. like when you try to tell somebody, oh my God, there's these angels that can um, make fire come out their hand, someone's going to say, oh, you're talking about the Marvel movies, bro. What are you smoking? Like It's done to make you look ridiculous when you tell the truth, and that's what I'm saying. You can tell people and show them the truth, but their mind has been so corrupted that they can't see it. You can put it right in front of them, and they can't see it. It's, man, it's, I understand it because the brainwashing and the, the deception is so rampant, but my goodness, it's, man, it's sometimes it's hard to deal with. It's just like, what do you, what is it going to take, man? What is it going to take? So, so let's get into this because when we were talking, you had mentioned something about uh, the United States being the old Atlantis or what was it that you were mentioning? So, yeah, I did. I mentioned that, um, the, the United States being like the land of old. And when I say the land of old, what I mean is more or less the land that you read about in the scriptures. And so um, I have a couple of things in front of me I want to read. It's not exactly going to get into me talking about the land of the scriptures. There's some videos and, and whatnot and things that I could plug, some YouTubers that I could plug that lead you in that direction. But I kind of want to get into that Atlantis thing. And it is, it all is going to tie in together. It's like you said, it's like pieces of the puzzle. They all just go together. And I started learning about this, you know, 
America being the ancient land of old being like the holy land, like the Israel. So when you're reading the Old Testament, you're reading about things that took place here in our in the U.S. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In this land, and they know that. They know that. And and man, I'm gonna say some. I I might say some things that completely seem outlandish, but I don't I don't know, man. I've been reading into their into their what they study and believe, and it just all adds up to me. It's so obvious. It's too obvious. It's almost too obvious now. now. But, um, I'll, and I say that, and it's, it's, it sounds so silly, because I don't mean to say that from an egotistical vantage point or anything whatsoever, but it's just like, I'm reading these people, and I read, I, and I'm researching them, and it's just like, here it is, and they're writing, and they say it, you know? Um, so let's but, hear it, brother. What do, what do you have? So, okay, so... So right here, I kind of want to start off. I have a couple of excerpts, and I didn't know exactly how I was going to put any of this together. And I hope that maybe it does come together. I think if I can read, get through a couple of the excerpts, I can piece it together at the end here in a minute. I'm not quite sure. I have a few things I want to read, so I don't want to, you know, exhaust the time amount of time we have. But um, so basically, yeah, it's about America being like the ancient land, either that is Atlantis or surrounded by Atlantis or what have you. When I say Atlantis, I just mean like the old world um, inhabited by whatever was here before the last reset that that land was lost. And, you know, these these ancient religions, they believe in that stuff. And and whether Atlantis has something to do with, you know, the, the scripture or flood or what have you, um, I, I don't know. But I do believe that it has something to do with this land being the land that is actually the true Israel or, uh, and not that fake Israel in the Middle East. That's amazing, so. brother, because when I think about it, like America is the last bastion of hope that the world has because America has, we have the constitution. We have the thing that everybody wants. We, we have the freedom of speech and we have the freedom to carry weapons. That alone disarms the new world order. They can go ahead with their plan if America is still standing. So right now I can see that their goal is to destroy it. And like you saying that this is the, the chosen land, well, yeah, I mean, this is the chosen land. If we can spread out our idea of freedom and like this freedom of speech and this freedom to, to fight back against the corrupt government, we have a chance. We have a chance to give this to the whole world. And that's what I'm saying. When, that, when you say that, it kind of clicks. Like, I don't know how it, it ties into Atlantis or the, the ancient land that you say that's the one, but there's something to America because this is the country that they're heavily trying to destroy they're trying to destroy our morality they're trying to destroy us from within they're trying to divide us in any way that they can because this is the the chosen land like you said that has the power to to free the whole world it is it is um they're definitely attacking america and and once america goes which i mean they've done a really good job at because you can see man people just don't know what's going on i mean i don't want to say that it's there's no hope because there should always there's always hope. You know, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's tough. It's tough times. It's tough times because we have the weak men and the leadership. And I guess we always have had that because if it's if it's just been organized for years and generations, you know, this is what their plan's been. So, okay, so so let's hear what so, you had, brother, about the ancient land. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'm kind of going to start off here with a couple of readings um, and. The first reading I don't think has too much to do with the ancient land, but it's going to get us, it's going to intro us into some of the other stuff, and then I'm going to end up with reading about um, this here ancient land. And what I'm reading from here is, it's called The Phoenix, which I think is an apt 
and I, you know, this, this book is, is called The Phoenix, but I didn't realize that when I was going to be doing this, what I would be talking to you about would almost essentially be this phoenix in symbolism, which is, it, it blows my mind because I didn't pay attention to the title of the book. Maybe it was subconscious for me, but okay, so this it's by Manly P. Hall. I have two readings here by Manly P. Hall, and that's the, just, if you know about him, he's like this hugely, widely famous, uh, famously praised philosopher with, uh, you know, just yeah, high amounts of wisdom. I, I have one of his books that explains all the symbolism and all the old rituals. He's amazing. He like breaks it down yeah. for you. And I don't know if he's a black hat or a white hat, but like he's given a, he just dispenses so much truth. Yes. Yeah, so my opinion of him would be that he's, he's just doing his job, man. This is his job to expose this occult knowledge because in my opinion is that if anyone else were to do what he has done, um, they would be dead, you know, right. and he is so utterly brilliant. I've listened to numerous lectures of his and what they say about him is that he gave all his lectures with no notes. And, that's just, and this guy is so brilliant. He's very smart. And so and I say that knowing that he I believe that he is aligned with what would appear is my enemy. So um, and so these are just some of his writings. It's called The Phoenix by Manly P. Hall, and he, he over, he's looking at some things here, but the first thing is going to be from Albert Pike that I'm reading, but I, I want to read a quote from him, uh, right, right, really quick, and it goes, when the human race learns to read the language of symbolism, a great veil will fall from the eyes of men, and that's a very profound quote that really woke me up. I didn't really know much about Manly P. Hall then when I learned about it in, you know, in my early days, but it was a profound quote that stuck with me. And the other second quote would be, symbolism is the language of the mysteries. By symbols, men have ever sought to communicate to each other those thoughts which transcend the limitations of language. Right, right. Because language, you can only go so far, but with a symbol, you can imbue it with so much information. It's, it's such a powerful tool. Exactly. And I, I'm hoping that with some of these things that I read here, that that's the point that we can end up coming across right there. So... I'm I'm gonna go ahead and start reading this so that we we uh, we hurry the process here. I don't and I don't want to rush it, but I want to uh, I want to get these points across. Where where am I here? Um, okay, so this is about Albert Pike here, and this is Matthew Hall's writings about certain views or, or, or on Albert Pike here. So it says Pike sensed a deep dignity, a fuller meaning, and a higher purpose. He was a man apart one of a small race of rational giants to whom it is given to see beyond the narrow sphere of personal interest into a broader vista of higher purpose and unselfish end. When we say that Albert Pike was a Kabbalist, we say no more than he himself maintains. In Morals and Dogma, it is to be found the following statement. One is filled with, ad oh, I'm sorry, quotation, quote, one is filled with admiration on penetrating into the sanctuary of the Kabbalah at seeing a doctrine so logical, so simple, at the same time so absolute, the necessary union of ideals and signs, the consecration of the most fundamental reali realities by the primitive characters, the trinity of words, letters, and numbers, and numbers a philosophy simple as the alphabet, profound and infinite as the word, theorems more complete and luminous than those of Pythagoras, a theology summed up by counting on one's fingers an infinite which can be held in the hollow of an infant's hand. Wow. Ten ciphers, 22 letters, a triangle, a square, and a circle. These are the elements of Kabbalah. 
These are the elementary principles of the written word, reflection of that spoken word that created the world. End quote. Wow, dude, skip. that's so fucking. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. That's amazing. That's something that I always think about. Like, what are the archetypal, the basic fundamentals of this reality? And it's that it's numbers, it's letters, and basic symbols, like little, like the circle, the square, kind of like the. That's that. That just made me think of that uh, Squid Games. I don't know why. Maybe that has to do something with. No, that's that. right on. But yeah, man, I've always wondered, like, what are the archetypal? That's kind of like, in my head right now, I'm seeing that as the basic code that creates this reality really is dude i mean when you break it down it's like you can read scripture upon scripture and you can understand it in your heart and then you can see what these people think and it's like dude is it is it really i mean not that it should you should question your faith but is it so simple that this reality is words letters and numbers yeah is that so is it so simple yep. and and if you start if you think about that you can see why they mocked the people like what do the people really know? And I say that from all humility because we're all learning here, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a thought to behold. Okay. So what's the next thing you wanted to read to us? Awesome. The next thing. On to the next thing. Okay. So the next thing I'm going to have here is also connected to Freemasonry. Um, what is it called? And it's going to get into what I'm talking about, like America uh, being Amer that uh, America is Egypt. I, I think that America is Egypt. America is Israel. America is Babylon, America is uh, Sumar, um, and, and so this is called, uh, let me see here, it, it's, an, it's still in the Manly Pew Hall book, and it's his overview, he, he basically just talks about, okay, it's called Calixtro and the Egyptian Rite of Freemasonry, hmm. so this Calixtro character, Count Calixtro, he's some person apparently that was important to them. I'm I'm not quite brushed up on who this man is. That's a it badass name. Here, what, what's his name? It's um, a badass I'm name. Sorry? That's a badass name. What's his name? Um, Count Calixtro. Damn, it sounds like an X Men or something. Right. Calixtro. Um, let me see what it says. Um, uh, anyway, that's yeah. So it, it's not so much about him, but what uh, Manly P. Hall has to say about the Egyptian rites pertaining to Freemasonry. Why we see certain, well, uh, why we see a bunch of Egyptian mythology, like, and symbolism that they, um, that they revere, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, on the dollar bill and such. Okay. So, this is going to get into that a little bit, and then this will get and lead us into, uh, you know, furthering that America, furthering the conversation for America being, you know, Egypt okay. and Israel and, and, and such. So, um, I'll start my reading here. Okay, so it says, Egypt has has always been regarded as the land of mystery. She surpassed all other nations in her knowledge in architonics, chemistry, and astronomy. She is looked upon as being the cradle of science, philosophy, and while we know comparatively little concerning the exact nature of Egyptian culture, we are continually confronted by evidence of its superiority. In fact, we know a great deal less about Egypt than we care to admit. And being fundamentally materialistic, most Egyptologists, Egyptologists have given little consideration to the religious equation, the supreme element in the history and civilization of all nations, of all ancient nations. In spite of all evidence to the contrary, we shall yet discover that the Rosetta Stone is not the key to the Egyptian hieroglyphics. We shall yet realize 
that the true meaning of the Egyptian ideographs have never been revealed. We are totally ignorant of the knowledge possessed by the better minds of the ancient Egyptian world for the very simple reason the Egyptians, like the other enlightened races, races divided their knowledge into, knowledge into two parts, exoteric and esoteric. The exoteric was the portion of the learning revealed to the, to many, to the many, and the esoteric was the part revealed for the illumined few and never reduced to writing, save in the form of hieroglyphics and symbols, which were meaningless without the key, which Whoa. was the treasured possession of the initiated priestcraft. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit more go on, though, if you have Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, the Egyptian culture with which we are uh, conversant uh, is only the exoteric part revealed to the uneducated multitudes of the ancient empire. The finer culture, the real wisdom of the Egyptians, was preserved for the elect, and our world is far too gross and materialistic to comprehend the uh, subtleties of Egyptian esoterism. Uh, esotericism, I'm sorry. Therefore, we grope blindly amidst images and emblems which, which we, finding no meaning for them, pronounce meaningless. Wow. According to the secret teachings, the Great Pyramid was the tomb of Osiris, the black god of the Nile. Osiris represents a certain phase of solar energy, and therefore his house or tomb is emblematic of the universe within which he is entombed and upon the cross of which he is crucified. Thus, the Great Pyramid is not a lighthouse, an observatory, or a tomb, but a temple. W. Marsham Adams calls it the house of the hidden places, and such indeed it was, for it represented the inner sanctuary of Egyptian wisdom, or perhaps it would be more accurate to say pre-Egyptian wisdom. Hermes was the Egyptian god of wisdom and letters, the divine illuminator worshipped through the planet Mercury. And ancient references to the effect that the pyramid was the house of Hermes emphasizes anew the fact that it was, in, the, in reality, the, the, the supreme temple of the invisible and supreme deity. So this is what these people think. I'm going to go on here to continue just a little bit more. In all probability, the Great Pyramid was the first temple of the mysteries. The first structure erected as a repository for those secret truths which are the certain foundation of all modern arts and sciences. Wow. Let, me, let me see if, if I'm done reading, if that was it or not. Dude, that's fucking awesome, man. It's like, we know so little. Like, what I always think about is the Egyptians. This is a culture that exists there for thousands of years, you know? Like I always say, America is only 200 years old. It's brand new, a brand new, a new country, a brand new culture. Imagine the information you could gather and obtain when you've been living and, and living together in peace for thousands of years. Like, how much you, you can learn and discover. Right. And that's the thing about these, this culture about Atlantis. That's what they were said. They were said to have been living in peace, and, and they had all this technology that was given to them by the gods, and they lived in peace for so long until they corrupted themselves, and it was seen that they could not be, um, be allowed to have this technology any longer, which, you know, I guess, if you want to call it, I don't know if, how the Atlanteans would view have viewed their culture, but then you see the flood happen, and then and you have accounts of floods all across 
all ancient cultures. Have you so, looked into the, the mud flood in Tartaria? I have, I have, and that's a really interesting point. I'm glad you brought that up because when you start looking at that, you start thinking, man, how do you even know what's real anymore? Let's explain how it. How long have we been here? Let's explain what that is, that idea of uh, Tartaria and the mud flood. Can you give us a little rundown? I can give you, I can give you a small rundown. So I, I'm not as, um, as learned on the Tartaria subject, but I have uh, peeked my head into it to see what it's about. Because um, I, I tried to, I've been trying to place where that fits in. And so I, I, whatever rundown I'll give, I know it, it's going to be a bit abstract, but I'm gonna give you the, I'll do it the best I can. So basically, Tartaria, the way I understand it, is a general term for the ancient world or old world of antiquity that somehow there was a cataclysmic event and these people, a nation, were wiped out um, and their buildings were burned and buried. And supposedly that's what the remains of certain mountains are. But Tartaria also is a term for a nation that existed in, I, I believe, like the Russian, what will be like the area of Russia that had, that was quite advanced with um, technology, I believe. And they opposed um, the Vatican in a way, and the Vatican wiped them off the face of the earth. And so whether there's a reset for that or, or they made war on Tartaria, I, it's really hard for me to... It's 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 like I said, Tartaria is a general term. So you could also be referring to Antiquitech, which is the ancient technology, like free energy that these societies had. That's what cultures. I'm talking about, brother, because there's so much that we don't know. When, once you really start looking, like I follow this one guy. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. He is, uh, I am the improbable doctor or something like that. But that's all he posts, like Tartaria stuff. And it's always videos of like these ancient buildings that are covered up with mud. Like the first, I'd say 12, 15 feet are covered with mud. And you see this all over the world. Even in Philadelphia, there's buildings that the floor, there's a floor, but there's still more building under the floor. You need to, y'all need to go online and look up Tartaria mud flood because it's fascinating. It's like one of those pieces that, that once again, it connects the whole puzzle together of like what really happened there was technology that we had, like you said, free energy. People invented so many things, but they're gone now. They're all wiped out. And how? Through the flood. It's it's a very wild story. I'm going to have somebody who's an expert kind of on that, on this show in these couple of months coming up. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I just got into that this year and a half ago, I think. And it's one of those things that, damn, man, every time I learn something new, it's like it makes the puzzle clearer. And I'm like, dude. I don't think I could ever get down to the bottom of it all, but it's just, it's amazing to be on this journey, on this path of, of figuring out what's really going on. Yeah, it is quite amazing. It is one of those pieces of information when you learn about it, you're just like, you you have to question everything. You just have to, because how do you know? How do you know what happened to these people, this civilization? It's just... So what it's do you think, profound. you were talking about the pyramids being uh, not a tomb, but w in your eyes, what do you think the pyramids were? Oh, man, that's, that's a loaded question. Um, because when you look at pyramids, and this is going to bring us back to America being Egypt, you see more pyramids on the continents of North, Central, and South America than you do anywhere else, right. and most for certainly in Egypt. Um, so you, that starts to add, you start asking the question, where, you know, where did this pyramid originate, and what, what's... What's its purpose? And, you know, man, I'd be, I'd be lying to you if I told you I knew. I'd be lying to you. Um, well, but, let me, I guess let me just give some of my speculation because I think it's, 
it's incredible because there's pyramids. Everyone thinks pyramids are mostly in Mexico or in Egypt because that's mostly where they're talked about. But there's pyramids all over the world, everywhere, even in China. But they're hidden and they've been, they've been eaten by the jungle in South America and in China they hide them, they cover them up. And if you, I, I don't know if you posted this, but I've seen this in many, in many posts. This this idea that the pyramids are kind of like, um, if you look at a circuit board of a computer and then you look at a top view of these places, it's the same layout. It seems like they're doing yeah. something, like they're connecting these, I don't know, you could call them modules or like, I don't know the names of these electronic pieces that you find on chips, but it's like these things that the ancients knew that if you plug them into the, into the earth at certain locations, you can extract energy. And a bunch of people say that this is what they, the ancients, they, they were so much more powerful that they discovered how to create energy, clean energy from the earth. And I, I could talk about this for, for hours, bro. And I just think it's amazing. It's so wild how we think yeah. we are so advanced, but we're the dumbest that human. Like if you look at a bridge from ancient times, it's beautiful. It's like, it's, it's, it has dimensions that correspond to the golden ratio. It, it, it's in a perfect location. And then you look at a bridge that we make now, it's like so simple. It's, it's just um, a thing. It's just a bridge to get across, but it, it doesn't mean anything. It's been devoid of meaning. It's just, um, I don't know how to put it into words, but the ancients, everything that they did and everything that they made was imbued with meaning and, and symbols that, that we've lost. And I, I think that all comes close with that idea that you're talking about, that there used to be a nation. It could be Atlantis, it could be Tartaria, but there used to be a place where people were so advanced, but it got destroyed. What do you think would destroy this? Was this on purpose? Did somebody destroy? Was it a cataclysm? What do you think caused this great old ancient culture to, to disappear? That's, that's a really good question, because when you look into certain lore like that i mean the atlantis lore you know it says that they just they were perverse with their technologies and wisdom and 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 it says that the gods uh consulted each other and then you, you start to say you know gods you know there's a pantheon of gods that these atlanteans believe in well perhaps could they have been you know certain angels but um you know it says they consulted amongst each other and and they divined to wipe them out and when you look at the Sumerian culture, in which you can see like the fallen angels, the fallen angels in their culture as well, you know, it says that Inki, you know, was the god that gave the submersible or the plan to make the submersible to their Sumerian noses. Wow. So it, it's, you can see that it's reflected in certain different stories. Um, right. And what caused it, man, it, you can just read in, in the scriptures and, and you can see that there it also says the perversion of, of of many things of life of pretty much of everything was evil and, and that's what it says you know in the atlantean culture is that these people were just utterly they became corrupted by their their technologies right we were just talking about this the last episode i had with chad we were talking about the idea that uh like i said back then when the fallen angels came to earth they started mating with the women and they started corrupting the DNA. The babies, the hybrids that came from these fallen angels and women were giants and they had powers. They had certain things that made them different, kind of like uh, demigods and that they destroyed the human DNA, the original one that God had created. 
And once they started doing this, they tampered with the DNA and all of mankind was kind of, I guess, lost. And that was part of, that's always part of the plan of Lucifer, to corrupt man. So God said, okay, we have to put an end to this. And he came to Noah, who was probably the last human family that had pure genetic uh, human DNA code. And so he destroyed everything else and created a new, a new system, not a new system, created uh, the new humanity through Noah, who, who had pure DNA. Right. And I mean, that's, it's just, it's the craziest thing to think about it. Just where exactly, I mean, how, how, how do you say how the flood happens? I mean, you can look at scripture and you can read and believe that, which, you know, it seems to be what, what it is when you look back at everything, but like who determines when a cataclysm happens, you know, it's definitely either these people playing with, their fallen angel technology, or it is the creator. Very interesting, very interesting. Um, So uh, let's jump around to something else, because I was going through your Instagram as I prepared for this, and I saw you had a post about one of your friends. I don't know if he passed away. It kind of seemed like it, but you said something about how you found this guy, and together y'all were sort of on the similar path of reading scripture and figuring out the truth. Who, who, Who is this person? Oh, that's, that's my best friend. That's my best friend right there. Uh, we grew up together. We, uh, since we were young in, in high school, we were both in band. And uh, we kind of, after high school, we kind of fell apart. But as a matter of faith, uh, God put us back together. And uh, How? it just happens. How did y'all well, reunite? Uh, we're both heavy. We're both really into the music scene, and so it, when it was still around, I went to a thing called Warp Tour, and I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, but it yeah. used to be a big festival that toured the entire U.S. and it had a bunch of bands in like the alternative indie emo rock scene, yeah. and um, and so I went to that man. I went to that festival twelve times. I was a big music junkie growing up. Um, big big concert junkie. I was always going to shows. Even though I lived, you know, out here in West Texas, it was, you know, not many bands were coming this way, but I made my, my way out there. So um, I went to San Antonio because that's the, you know, where I like to go to the work tour at. And it was one year, I think, man, it was either like 20, 2013 or something, 2012, 2013. I can't remember exactly, but we didn't plan it out. But um, we were at the same work tour and we happened to be at the same very same stage wow. and I, I had just showed up and I was walking around and I was like, okay, well, this is the stage I want to be at because this is where the band I want to see is next. Who? You know, the band next I want to see is playing. Who did you want to see? I, I, what's up? Who did you, who were you waiting to see? It was Mayday Parade. Oh, Mayday Parade. I love that. One of my favorite bands. I've yeah. seen them now, I think I've seen them 11 times. Yeah. 11 or 12 times. I, I, I forget because I stopped. Yeah, I stopped going to shows and be stopped becoming a thing with all this Rona. But anyway, um, it just so happens, you know, we didn't plan it out, but here I am wandering around this venue and, and standing right next to me. I had no idea. I had no clue. Um, I just stopped in one area and you, you got to understand there's like thousands of kids, thousands of people at this event. Mm-hmm. Um, with several know, stages, I'm, many stages. Do what? With many stages, not just one stage. Yeah. Yeah, multiple stages, multiple stages going on. And so I just stopped in one area uh, and I looked up next to me and I recognized the guy next to me. And it was my friend from back in high school. And 
and it was he was he was really one of the only guys that I really uh, in band where we hung out a lot because we both played the saxophone. So um, it, it just it was just happenstance. And after that, we got back together, and it was just like we connected on so many levels. That's what I'm talking about, bro. That's that synchronicity type of stuff that happens, like when when you're really like on the path and you you have a real intention of looking for the truth and seeking, looking for something. The universe responds, and like. Like that interaction right there. What are the odds, you know? And like, are y'all still close now? Do y'all still often? Absolutely. He's my best friend, man. Damn. We dude. talk all the time. We talk all the time. And we so let me ask you this. Uh, was he also awake when you were awake? Or did y'all kind of help each other? Or how did that work? I would say that he was probably awake before I was awake. But I wouldn't know quite when he woke up. I know that when we, when I met him for that warp tour, it had, I hadn't seen him probably since high school. But we, I'm pretty sure he was, he was already awake then. And it only took, it didn't take very long for us to click on that level of, hey, man, what's this reality? What's going on? And we were reading through the scripture. We were talking about it with each other. And we were discussing God and all these things together. And uh, it just clicked, man. And we've been on that, we've been on that road ever since. He's, he's the only one in my life that, like you talk about what waking up, like actualizing this reality that, that sees these things the way I see them, you know, that wants to, you know, Dude, that's, wants to, to help man. That's man. so beautiful because that, that's what I'm always after too. Like, yeah, you can get together with people and drink or, or go out and see a movie or, or go out to eat. But I think at the center, and to me, the most important thing is to discuss these things and to really, to really try to like, I don't know, get a handle or, or get get a better grip of what's going on because we we only have this one life right and, and we come in mm -hmm. here and we don't know much and most of the time we're being lied to and i think uh, one of the things that we're here to do is to unlearn all the things that we've been fed and to re-educate ourselves to to learn from each other because i'm sure your friend has had things that he's taught you or that he's made you rethink and like maybe put you back on the path and say hey, dude that's a little too wild and that's how I feel with Drew. He's like my buddy. He, me and him can talk about just anything. We don't, ha we don't have to watch a movie. We don't have to prepare. We just start talking, and it's free-flow conversation. And, and like I say, every time I finish these conversations, I feel like I left church. I feel filled. I feel, like, empowered. And that's one of the things I always end with, you know, find the others. Because it's very sad when you know all of these things, when you research all of this stuff, and you have nobody to share with. Because it's all, you're just jumbling it up in your head. It's kind of like an echo chamber. You're not really doing anything. And what you need to do is share your information, plant the seeds to others, and see where other people are at. You, you can't force people to wake up, but you can plant the seeds. And that's what I'm hoping to do with this podcast and having you on. Maybe you say something that hits somebody on a, on a certain way, and they're like, hmm, that, that's strange. I'm going to look into that. Or... Wow, I never thought about it that way, and it just—the possibilities are endless, and it just takes somebody to to really have that ear to listen and to be like, "I'm gonna figure out what's going on," and that's beautiful, brother. Yeah, absolutely, brother, absolutely. Sometimes I feel like some of the things I say are just so—it would seem that they come out of left field for for people, but it's like, man, when you really look into it, it's like you said. You just these thoughts just accumulate in your head like an echo chamber, and you got to do something. And so, man, I you got to talk. I got to talk about it. I got to get it out there. And I'm, I'll accept whatever judgments come come comes my way for it. I mean, as far as you know, judgment from people from thinking, you know, look at this guy. 
what are you talking about? You know what I mean? It, it has to be talking about. See, that was me for the longest. Like, I woke up I get when I was a kid. And in my 20s, I would go around, like, trying to wake people up. I was very... Um, I was proselytizing, I guess you could say. I would be like, hey, look at George Soros. Look at the Occupy movement. Look at 9-11. And it was a turnoff for people. They don't want to hear that. People don't want exactly. to hear the truth. They, they want to have a great time. And I learned that from Satin Tripoli, I listened to Tinfoil Hat. It's like the best way to do this is through humor. You know, learn how to talk to people and plant the seeds in a subtle way. Like, don't, you don't have to say, check out into 9-11. Just say, what do you think about 9-11? Like, lead with questions and see where they're at and, you know, drop little hints, little ideas. And you'll be surprised what happens with people. Because Drew, I kind of woke him up. He was already sort of on the path. His friends were telling him things, but I was telling him, hey, look at this, look at this, research this. And like on his own, he, he's been growing and unfolding. And it's, it's beautiful what can happen when you're actually searching. And there's so many people that are just on the routine that like they go to work, they come home, they enjoy the weekend and, and do it again on Monday. And it's like, no, man, there's something more to this realm and, and look into it. Right. Yeah. And, and that goes back to, man, what, what is this reality? What is going on? Why do we see the things that we're seeing? And why does it feel like we are controlled so much, man? And you end up looking at it like, are we slaves to these people? Is Are we a slave in this reality? And so that's why, man, at the end of the day, people like me and you, more power to us because even if people don't want to listen, we, we like I said, we've got to do this thing because there's not many of us out there. And... Uh, and, you know, and, and the people, people need us to be speaking because like you said, there's a lot, there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of disinfo out there. And we just got to try our best to help humanity, whether that's through comedy, like you said, which is, you know, that's, that's one of the ways that they say that's the easiest way to brainwash people is through the comedy. That's where they put all their symbolism and stuff, man, because you turn your brain off and you're in the relaxed state. Right, so. right. Okay, right there when you were saying that, that why do they do all these things, here's something that I I saw on your post, I saved it, I want to read this to people because this is basically the truth, you you are powerful beyond measure, you have no idea how much power you have inside of you, and it's taken away from you through movies and all this stuff that I always talk about, but here I want to read this post that you put, it says, they fear you, they fear you being awake, they fear you waking up others, they fear you being armed. They fear you speaking up. They fear you speaking out. They fear you standing up. They fear you resisting, rebelling, revolting, not complying, banding together, standing together, coordinating. They fear you learning you are the majority. They fear you realizing this power. And it's so true, man. If people just realize... It's up to us. Like, everything they do is to, to get our consent, to get us to accept their narratives. And if we just said, no, fuck that, we're walking away, we have the power, we have the technology to create heaven on earth. But it's because of y'all assholes who are greedy and are doing these things for not just money, but for satanic, dark, evil powers. I don't know how to... Yeah. It's, it's, no. it's crazy. It's, it's all, if you just knew how much money is being spent to brainwash you, billions yeah. of in sports fashion movies all of it to take your attention away from god so absolutely you hit the nail on the head man i mean so it, it comes down to what oh, is, sorry what, what does it come down to uh, it comes down to the person being how are you how much longer are you going to take this are you going to say yes you're going to keep complying to your your master 
you're going to say no and actualize yourself and see what's going on out here. You know, I mean, and a lot of people, and I, I get it, man. A lot of people aren't about the fight. The people that you want, you want, they, they want to be comfortable. They want security. And I get it. I understand it, man. But these people want to kill you. Right. They want to kill us. They want us dead. Mm-hmm. So. So what can we do, man? Because I've, I've thought about this for a while, and I have, I've created certain avenues to help people like fight back. But what would be your advice like to fight back against the, the powers that be? It's a great question. That's a great question. I, I think first and foremost, man, I think prayer is an extremely strong weapon. I know that um, people will talk about, oh, you're praying. Well, that, just, that makes you pray. That makes you vulnerable. And, and I don't think so. I, I think... Quite the opposite, man. I think that in that spiritual realm, whatever, like like this, like we see here, this place is created with words, letters, and numbers, man. There's a war, there's a battle going on up there, and it's been raging, and we're seeing it pour over to the 3D. And man, it's like you talk about raising your frequency, or raising your vibration, or raising your kundalini, man. I mean, I think that's the first and foremost. I know people think like, well, okay, pray. What you know. You're just on your knees there. Are you really doing anything? Well, I think it's an extremely powerful weapon in the other side and whatever realm is out there where, where entities that we can't see exist. Um, the other thing probably that we can do is, you know, use, vote with our money. You know, use our money as our voices, you know. Um, stop feeding the machine as far as what you can do with your money and, and, and you know, make different choices. Start, you know, prepping a little bit for yourself, you know, um, maybe grow something, get yourself a, a weapon. And, and I'm not saying like, because it says in the scripture, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but it just personal defense, personal defense, you know, what's going to happen. Heaven forbid something happens to, you know, with your family member or something, you know, right, right. So, and, and that, that being said, it's like these people have technology that, that is so far beyond guns what will a gun really do? You know, they've got the 5G Starlink system that, you know, they can radiate down um, radiation on us, you know, what have you. I don't know if people believe that or not, but I do believe that that's what's going on with the 5G network and all that. What do you mean? uh, Well, just being that it's a military weapon and it's not what they say it is. It's, it's, um, it's, it's part of the internet of things this transhuman agenda that's going to link everybody to the AI, um, you know, the Lucifer, Luciferian AI demon machine, um, all-knowing thing that's going to be pretty much that beast system run by the Antichrist. I know this is a completely divergent topic, but it, I guess it all goes together. No, yeah, definitely. Um, it all ties in together. It's all like yeah. dinosaurs, UFOs, um, fucking 5G, MK Ultra. It's all... It's, it's all work together. It's all like every time I think about these things, I feel like, uh, what's his name? That guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that meme where he has those pinpoints like tying everything together. It's like, yeah, it, it, it does. It all ties in together. And like right now, when you were talking about prayer, it's like, yes, that's such a powerful tool because it's really it's your mind. You're like alone in the dark, like just connecting with yourself and source like you're your your mind, you're putting your intent on what you would want to manifest or what you would like to create. That's the most important thing because it all starts in your mind. If you can't imagine a new world or, or a different world, then there's nothing. You have no hope. It all starts in the mind, in the imagination. And then the other thing you were talking about is vote with the money. Like, exactly. If we, 
that trucker convoy was such a powerful thing and it got derailed. But if people all over the world, imagine everyone in the world said, okay, we're not going to work for one week. It would be very difficult and very hard and very, I don't know how to put it. It would be... Okay. We could shut the system down. We could give it a little uh, reca- We could give it a reboot in a way. Right. Not, not, not certainly not like fail it, but shock the system. Right. It, it just comes with the people just knowing that they have the power. We could. We are the majority. There's so many much more of us. They don't have the staff to manage, manage all of us. And if we just said, okay, we're not going to work for a week, we're going to choke the system out, basically. We can reset it to, our, to what we want, but it's, it's so hard to do that, to get people to coordinate and to organize. It, it's very difficult, but I, I have hope. I always do. I'm always praying about it. Like you said, I, I try to imagine what this world would entail. And I've created several avenues. I have my QR code and this podcast and my Instagram, and I'm trying to do what I can with what I have. And I, I love what you're doing, brother. And I want to thank you again for, for being on the show. And um, is there anything else you want to share with us as we, as we close out? Oh, man, you know, uh... I just thank you for this opportunity, man. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me go through a couple of things here with you and just having an open platform. Do you, um, do you have anything else to read? Do what? Do you have anything else to read? You said you had several things to read. I, I did have a few other excerpts here. Um, I could. I, I, the last one I have is probably the most is probably the only crucial one I have to read. So that that one might take like five minutes. Let's hear it. Thank you, guys. Let's hear it. Okay. All right. Perfect. So I'm going to finish this last paragraph from this last book I had here, and it's just I'm going to lead us right into the next, the next book, right. the next book here. And so the last paragraph from this last excerpt it goes like this. The Great Pyramid says the secret book is the perfect emblem of the microcosm or man in the microcosm. I'm sorry. Let me start over because I, I, the enunciation. Okay. The Great Pyramid says the secret book is the perfect emblem of the microcosm, or man. And the microcosm is the inversion of the macrocosm. The macrocosm is the universe without, consisting of unnumbered stars and planets encircled by the mighty egg of cosmic space. And this is what they believe, of course. Um, All that is in the macrocosm is to be found in the miniature in the microcosm. Hmm. As man is the image of God, so the Great Pyramid is the image of the universe. And what is more, it is scientifically correct as an image of the universe. And that, that finishes up there. Wow. Well, yeah, it is quite profound how we were just talking about, you know, the world and, and what we think the pyramid could possibly be a symbol for, you know? Yeah, because if you do some more research, you'll find out that the pyramid is encoded with all these numbers that correlate with, like, Supposedly the size of the earth, the weight, the speed of light. There's so much information encoded in it that it's just like, damn. And I forgot to mention earlier, but to me, what I think the pyramids could be, I had one time I had eaten some mushrooms and I was meditating. And I had this vision of the pyramid and like, you know, the, the, I guess the King's Hall where they have that. It looks like a box. And they say that was the, the tomb for the King Khufu, I think. But to me, I had the vision that what if that was like, um, sensory deprivation tank and it was built in such a way that it could harness and focus your energy so you're sitting there in that box floating your mind dissolves and i see it like a place where you download information and knowledge and talk to the gods i don't know that's just a vision that i have i don't know if there's anything to it but 
it's just so amazing and mysterious. The pyramids, there's so much about it too. And not only the pyramids, but all the ancient monolithic structures. There's so much symbolism and math encoded into it that it's like, how much do these people actually know? It's amazing because we, like I said again, we think we're so smart, but we don't know shit. We don't know anything, basically. And, and man, that's, that's, I like the idea that you said with the pyramids. And that goes to an idea that, that I wanted to mention earlier is that these pyramids, man, are so geometrically perfect, uh, we're you know, supposed to believe, I guess, um, that they might have been resonating some sort of frequencies. Like you were saying, you could go in there and meditate or, or whatever and have a download from the gods or, or what have you. Maybe that's what these temples were. They were these secret, uh, these secret places with sacred resonating frequencies where you, you downloaded something from that, the other realm. You know, sacred, sacred things that the normal people were, you couldn't, weren't even allowed to, you know, you couldn't come close to. Right. right? So, I had listened know. to a podcast a couple months ago about this guy who would go visit these sites. And he said that he noticed that people who were sick or ill or like depressed or sad when they went to these places and they left, they were like reinvigorated. They were like, like if they went to church. And that's another thing. If you really study ancient churches, they're built in such a way that harnesses energy. And then you can also see there's certain churches that on the top, they have spikes. And a lot of people say that these were actually used to, to spread free energy, you know, that these light up. It's just so wild, all the technology that we've lost and everything that the people knew, that if we could just... Another thing I think is that the, the rulers that be realize that, this, that free energy, it, it's a hindrance to them, that they need to keep us dependent on them and on their oil and... and and be um, slaves to them because they provide us with the energy. But if we could just figure out how to how to have our own energy, we wouldn't have to be dependent on them, and they wouldn't have to have this such a stronghold on us. Yeah, absolutely, that's the truth, and they definitely know it because there's been so much suppression of the free technology, uh, free energy technology. It's just, I mean, it's been proven over and over. You can see people, you know, bring out their technologies, and then they get swept away under who knows what. Man, are they? Are these people killed? Are they, you know, where do their technologies go? They're stolen from them, you know? Right, right. But you can definitely see that, and you can definitely see if you just look that the ancients probably definitely had these technologies as well, free energy. And, yeah, that's, that would be a huge key, like you said. And the, the powers that we definitely know that's what keeps us down because if we didn't need them uh, for their energy to submit to them for their system, like, we wouldn't need that, period. We would not need them, period. Right, right, right. So thank you once again, uh, Brian, right, for yes, sir. being thank on the want. show. I mean, I was really looking forward to this, and I, I want to talk to you again in the future sometime. Uh, maybe we can have a topic that we could stick to, but I, I like to have these free-flow conversations also just to see what comes up. But, oh, for sure, absolutely. I would love to love to be back on the show. Okay, so post, uh, uh, say anything that you want to share with the people if you want to send you an email or get in contact with you. Uh, give all your info away if you want. Um, I guess, okay, so yeah, just my only place that I'm, I'm really working and uh, putting any info out is on Instagram, at ObeyNoSleep. And other than that, I, I really hope that, that the message is, reach, will reach somebody, even just one person, and that maybe something I said will jog a little spark in your mind and, and if it doesn't well it's all love anyway it is right. all love and i know that sometimes it's tough being in the truth of community um it can be a little demoralizing a little bit jaded and uh 
but it's always all love. It's always all love because love is the only thing that we're gonna that can change the yes. whole world. Yeah, that actually reminds me of something that I say is that love is the answer. And if that doesn't work, up the dose. Because that's what it really comes up, down to. If you love yourself, you take care of your body, uh, you, you grow yourself, you feed yourself good stuff, you don't put bad things into your mind, you um, protect the people around you. It's all love, brother. And so, Absolutely. So thank you once again, Brian. I'm going to play us out with this song. Uh, this is uh, Bob Marley's son, Stephen Marley, and the name of the song is Mind Control. So uh, I'm going to play this song. It's about four and a half minutes. Oh, it's funny. It's actually 4.21 minutes. Um, but um, <laughs> I'm going to play out with the song. And, and stick with me. I want to talk to you after the show. And then uh, that'll be it, folks. So thanks for listening to us. Uh, let's check out our old episodes. Follow Obey No Sleep on Instagram. Follow me. I'm on Instagram, too. I am truth.in.media. And I also just started a TikTok because I, I've been shadow banned on Instagram. I, I hardly get any traction now. So I'm going to start an Instagram. I mean, I'm TikTok. I'm on it too. Check it out. Truth in Media. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace.
Peace.